Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Steve here. Hey, Larson. And welcome back to what seems to be the final episode of Undertaker The Last Ride. Uh, Larson, it definitely seems like this episode was meant to signal the retirement of The Undertaker, even though he didn't quite use that word. Uh, he didn't use the word, I believe, in the end. He never, I don't believe he ever said the actual phrase, I'm, I'm retiring. Retired. Consider this my retirement. I'll read the full quote here. So he's, Please. Uh, this is coming off the Boneyard match. Um, he says, if there was ever a perfect ending to a career, that right there was it. If Vince was in a pinch, would I come back? I guess time would only tell there. In case of emergency, break glass, you pull out The Undertaker. I would consider it. At this point in my career, I have no desire to get back in the ring. So, I mean, it seems to be he's trying to indicate seemingly that he is content to not wrestle again. But he doesn't go as far as to say, I am officially retiring. Yeah, so he seems, and even at Extreme Rules, like we saw this in the last episode. Yeah. His, I'll put it this way, his final statement seems to be a lot less about the perfect moment than we would sort of then then i was sort of led to think yeah um, it's kind of the story the 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 arc of the overall series is that he starts out wanting to go out at an absolute high mark where it's not only that he's content and happy with the bout it's he's happy with the bout and he wants people to think that he has plenty left in the tank so he doesn't have to retire of course that's kind of a catch 22 he has a bad match he feels like he needs to redeem himself for that match he has a good match well, I got a couple more in the tank. Why not do another one? And it's this repeating cycle we see throughout the show. And it seems eventually by the end, he's come to grips with the idea that uh, I don't know. I don't know if he necessarily comes to the, the realization that this cycle is, is happening within him, but he seems to have dropped somewhat the idea that he needs to go out on this, this seemingly perfect moment, you know, like the iconic him mm-hmm. versus Shawn Michaels, him versus mm-hmm. Roman Reigns. What, what there are a lot of interesting things about this. Uh, one of them is he does seem to the documentary itself seems to have played a role in his self reflection and what constitutes the perfect end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if the documentary itself, when he's talking about that, then it becomes hey, the extreme rules match where he teams up with Roman. And he views it as this was a really good match. It redeemed whatever it was supposed to redeem. Um, Because the Extreme Rules match came on the heels of Mania 33. No. No, it was after Goldberg. Goldberg Yeah. Sorry. It was after the Goldberg match. Um, And he was like, okay, that's it. I'm good. That worked. And it wasn't like the perfect one-on-one torch passing thing. Um, 
And they talk about torch passing a lot in this episode. Randy Orton brings it up. A bunch of Bray Wyatt brings it up. A lot of people bring it up that he was always about passing the torch, getting the other guy over, making Jeff Hardy look good. Randy Orton's first televised match looked good, all that stuff. Or not yeah. first televised match, first His match first against the Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was, he was, and there's something he said at the end here, the, and the, the, the transcripts for these quotes from the, 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 the episode are from Fightful. Um, he said this as well. My peers, given their insight, I got a genuine sense they care for me and want the best for me. It's been very humble to allow this part to come out and have them accept it. They've accepted Mark Calloway. I can do more good outside the ring than I can inside. I'm finally at a place where I can accept that because before uh, he went on the bit about how uh, he's content to be done, there is a pretty extended period piece where he's preparing for his match against AJ, which is supposed to be a wrestling match prior to the pandemic and, and them doing the Boneyard match instead where he's in the performance center, not only to kind of figure out if he's in a good enough shape to have the match itself, but also to uh, impart some of his knowledge uh, to the talents at the performance center. And he makes the the point of saying every time he goes through Orlando, he stops there to talk to the talent there and work with them in the ring. They were doing a a video session in one of the conference rooms, it looked like. Um, So he seems at this point to to realize, as he says it himself, I could do more good outside the ring in terms of uh, uh, helping to nurture and develop new talent than I could in the ring trying to to, to still uh, wrestle at a, at a high level. One of the MVPs of this entire series has been Triple H. Every time that dude opens his mouth, he's got some other wise nugget of wisdom. And when he said it's a lot... I mean, I'm, I'm totally paraphrasing here. It's a lot easier to retire, basically, to call it quits when you do so while transitioning onto a teaching role, to a role where you're amongst the youth, you're amongst the hungry, and you're able to impart your wisdom. And that back and forth seems to be something that especially Shawn Michaels has completely and totally embraced. I mean, we know have, yeah. we know Triple H has, but we see him from more of a business perspective because he's like part of the family, part of the company, trying to build the company. A guy like Shawn Michaels comes back to NXT and specifically NXT UK and seemingly, you know, his experience with Gargano, with probably Jordan. Did, did he have like, did he, I forget if he was like had a heavy hand with Jordan Devlin or not. I think so. But uh, but with any number of names, Champa, any number of names that Shawn Michaels has really been at. The, I mean, he wears Undisputed Era stuff every time you see him. He now. always has an Undisputed Era hat on. Yeah, everywhere. And for him, I could I could totally understand why being in that role and shaping the future. Look, everybody, they just want to be used. They want to be important, you know. And if you can't do that for 15,000 people out there and you can do it for those people, but through young talent, I imagine that's an incredibly satisfying thing. Yeah. And anecdotally, it seems like it is. Yeah, I think so. There's a lot of uh, wrestlers in, in this documentary who have talked about uh, nothing replicate. We've heard it countless times. Nothing replicates the pop. When you go through the curtain, mm-hmm. you walk down the stage, the yeah. roar of the crowd. Austin um, talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the adrenaline rush from that. Nothing can replicate that. Uh, but you got to find something that gives you that same kind of uh, a feeling mm-hmm. if you want to move on. I think Shawn Michaels has mentioned this that at you know like he's talking you know all the incredible moments he had in his own career, the the feeling of of pride he has um, when he sees someone that he's mentored like Gargano maybe um, maybe Adam Cole 
have a moment, get that reaction. It seems that means just as much, if not more, to him than anything that he's been able to accomplish himself in his career. It's an important thing. I mean, if you if you just think about it from perspective of, you know, you put your you try your best to put your your feet in the shoes of, you know, just a, a person who's old and and their time has come to retire. It's like, man, you either get the feeling that everything has passed you by and you're just in a really lonely place or you surround yourself in an environment where people want to know what you know. Mm-hmm. They're coming to you and you can mold them and then you can see it when they go out there. I imagine it's an incredibly intimate feeling knowing that this person's out there getting these pops, doing something that you have. I mean, it's very much it's I mean, it's it's very much akin to to having children. You know, it's like. You get geeked out when you teach your kids something and they adopt it and they succeed at it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, from the beginning of when they're, you know, they're born, basically, it's like, oh, wow, they're learning to do this stuff. And I had mm-hmm. a hand in that. It's a very satisfying thing. And I can imagine mm-hmm. that that's the same type of feeling that you might be getting mm-hmm. professionally yeah. um, doing that. And it was a really fun scene seeing him in there with the the, the big men of NXT um, and uh, and when he's in the ring with them. Uh, but let's talk about this, man. Uh, bottom line, is this dude retiring or what? because the boneyard match i was i was kind of surprised that there wasn't the caveat of it was cool but it wasn't in front of people he was all in on the boneyard he yes. loved it he thought yeah. he said i'm a storyteller and this mm-hmm. told the story mm-hmm. and i think one aspect of it might be the thing there might not have been fans there but the physicality was there yeah. They re- I mean, Triple H said these guys beat the hell out of each other. Yeah, and I yeah. think that aspect of it might have been more important than having the fans like, hey, physically, I did this. Yeah, he said it. it he felt like he'd wrestled a 45 minute match after shooting that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, I mean, it, by watching this, if we've learned anything about Mark Calloway is that he has a hard time stepping away because I think he has a hard time telling Vince no. Yeah, he does. Um, and if he feels at peace with walking away right now, that's one thing. But until he's ready to tell no, say no to Vince, if Vince is called up to say, Mark, I need you, then the, the expectation is there that, yeah, he could, maybe a low probability, but he could step back in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if, if we get the indicate any sense that Vince has called him up and he just says, Mm-mm, I'm honestly not interested, even if Vince says, I need you. Um, until I think until that happens, the possibility exists that he'll come back. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, he, I mean, the thing is, you know, if if Vince needs me in a pinch, well, what do we know about Vince? Seemingly these days, he's always in a pinch because ratings are crap, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know how to deal with this pandemic stuff, and uh, he doesn't know how to like build long term stars, and so he relies on the past. Um, yeah. Now, maybe these days, the past means more like you know, ruthless aggression era guys and not guys like the undertaker who debuted against Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um, well, no. Yeah. 1990. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that being said, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, whatever, ultimately whatever makes him happy, I guess mm -hmm. is what he should do. If he feels like, well, I need say in, you know, somehow in three months there, there would be is running shows in front of fans again. They got, uh, Survivor Series. I think it's in Dallas this year. Maybe it's mm-hmm. in Houston. It's in Texas. I know that. And that will mark his like official 30th anniversary with WWE. And 
he 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 seems based on this and all the stuff especially about uh madison square garden he appreciates the importance of moments mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, yeah and of history and so if if they came to him with a with a, a a story a program that he could be into with an opponent that he thinks he could have a good match with and and i i don't it i wouldn't be surprised if he said yes yeah me neither because it's wrestling and one thing about undertaker is that he takes his character obviously very seriously oh we found out what the unholy trinity was for sure 100% it was Dead Man Undertaker, American yeah. Badass Undertaker, yeah. and Mark Calloway. That's right. Yeah, he loved that. He loved mm-hmm. that idea. It was a good idea. Um, he doesn't take himself that seriously. He takes his business and his character extremely seriously. He's a goofy dude. Mm-hmm. He and this again. Last episode really showcased that. This, you know, shouting, shooting, uh, shooting the the into the the paper into the garbage and saying Kobe. Um, which also he had some thoughts on Kobe's death as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a, he's a, like, you see him goofing with like the new day. You see him goofing a lot and he just seems like the chillest, silliest guy at times. And it's easy to see why that would make for such an effective locker room leader, because mm-hmm. you need to, in that business, seemingly you need to understand you gotta be serious about your business but, you know, you also have to engage in this brotherhood, if you will, which, you know, can be uh, pretty silly. Um, so, I mean, you can't take the business too seriously, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's a bunch of guys in tights, you know, play fighting. Um, <laughs> I, I do not mean that in a disrespectful way. Uh, but uh, but yeah. And so I think along those lines, you know, if he felt good. And the opportunity presented itself and Vince said, hey, we want a real big hurrah for our return and we can do this last episode of the last ride where, you know, we really go out. But that finish, that finale with the Travis Strait. Uh, it was uh, George Strait. George Strait. I always get, what's the Travis? Who's Travis? Travis Tritt. Travis Tritt and George Strait. Yeah. I do not know my new country very well. Is that well, even considered? George Strait was around. He was. He's been around since the eighties, I think. Yeah, well, that's what I consider new. Oh, all right. <laughs> Anything from the eighties on. Um, so, anyways, yeah, I mean that finale with him, then the drone shot with him standing in like a shack oh, or whatever. The montage and everybody's everything. Yeah. saying thank you, Undertaker. It was all. It was all edited and, and, and produced as if to say he is done. It's done. It's done. Yeah, and you got to wonder how much of that. Like, does Vince care? Would Vince care that they did that? He did. He oversaw this entire production. You don't think that a, a nice bow like that wouldn't be a good? No, no. If Vince, if Vince is in a pinch and he thinks getting Undertaker on the card will put more uh, eyeballs in front of his product, he will make that phone call. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I mean that that's pretty much. I thought the the boneyard stuff was really fascinating. I thought. Mm-hmm. Undertaker's thoughts on what constituted a proper end was so fascinating. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's, that's kind of my thoughts on the episode. Yeah. So we're I both mean, in agreement. Survi- if there's fans of Survivor Series, he's back, isn't he? I wouldn't say with 100% certainty, but I think, I'd say there's a pretty decent chance. Yeah, probably. Him and if AJ. they have something good for him. I think, he, I think at this point, it's going to take something really good for him to consider it. 
You think it's just a really straight-up match in front of fans against AJ ain't going to cut it? Well, it might if 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 he thinks in, he's in good enough shape to 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 have a good match with AJ. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think he, he would he would consider that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, anyways, no, it's been it's been it's been a really really good series. I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. been interesting. I really Same. actually feel like I got to know the guy, and oh, I yeah, think that's, quite a bit actually. That, that was the that was the idea of the series. It really was. Yeah, seeing him play with his kid is the most adorable thing. It really is. Like he's obviously way older than us. And playing with the kid, but sometimes with Alabama, I feel like I'm that old playing with her. I'm like, man, like if I was doing this when I was like, you know, 22 or 32 even, as opposed to 42 or 41, whatever I am, uh, be a little bit different. But I couldn't imagine doing it at whatever, 56 or five. Yeah, yeah, 55, 56, however old yeah. he is, yeah. So, uh, anyways, that's it for uh, our last ride review. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Let us know what you think in the comments. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that. And find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.